Good morning and welcome to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP. My name is Mark Snyder. So what is Chamber Chatter? Well, it's a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders and has been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps. Let me introduce my three guests, Barbara Rubin Perry. Barbara is president of the Island Park Chamber of Commerce, and Barbara is no stranger to a radio radio studio. Uh, She spent 20 years as a radio and TV news reporter, news director, uh, working in the tri-state area, including WGLI and WBLI right here on Long Island, and also at WNBC in New York City. Barbara has also worked for CNN, and she's worked in radio syndication with United Stations and Voice of America. Barbara, would you like to take over the program now? You're, I just might do that. <laughs> you might do know. that. She's got a lot of experience. But we're going to talk to you today about your experience as president of the chamber. Marshall Myers, president of the West Hempstead Chamber of Commerce, and along with his wife, Kathleen, uh, Marshall is the owner of the Myers team at Laffey Real Estate. Do I have that right? I wouldn't say owner. Um, we are our associate brokers working within the Laffey organization, but you know, she is my business partner. And of course, she is the boss. She's the senior partner. Thank you for clarifying that. Your wife will be happy too. And Phil Andrews, president of the Long Island African-American Chamber of Commerce, which is New York State's largest African-American chamber. So Barbara Marshall and Phil, thank you for joining us today on Chamber Chatter. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Okay, so I like to start each program uh, by having each one of you tell us a little bit about the communities that you serve. Barbara, uh, first, um, for our listening audience, can you give us a lesson in Island Park geography? Uh, Where is Island Park? And also talk about the number of islands that make up that community. Okay. Island Park is indeed on islands. That's the first thing. It was... um, it used to be called Hog Island, the main island that was there. And there's a story about Sarah Barnum, no relation to P.T. Barnum. She was married to Peter Barnum, who was a clothier on 14th Street in the city. And she was a friend of the Stewarts, among other people. Very wealthy woman and an excellent horsewoman in her own right. Uh, she felt bad for the poor people at the time because they had to go to jail. She thought that was ridiculous, and it would be better if they had a place where they could work off their debt. She actually went out in a snowstorm on her horse. There was a ferryman who had a barge between the mainland, which would be the Oceanside area, and over to Hog Island. She went to all the farmers, and she took 13000 of her own dollars and bought the properties. Then she went to the legislature at the time, which was Queens, Nassau, and Suffolk, And they, in turn, paid her back, and they named the island for her, and it became a barber farm. And that's the history. It used to be before that the Indians raised their hogs on the island. It's actually a series of islands, one of which is a man-made one, and one of which is natural. We are north of Long Beach and south of Oceanside. Um, As you're coming into town, as you pass Peter's Clam Bar— but you will love that I said that. There's a little opening, a little bridge that you probably will not notice, but that's the north end of the island. And then the south end is the bridge to Long Beach. Okay, so three islands make up the community of Island Park. It's actually Park. two. There's Barnum? Barnum, Barnum and, and uh, Harbor Isle. Oh, 
There's not a third one, which is Island Park? No, I, it. well, so it's, it's all two. Island Park. Right. It's very confusing. There's part that's a village on yes. Barnum Island, per se. There's part that's town on Barnum Island. And then Harbor Island is also town. Anybody keeping score at home? That's a tricky one. <laughs> uh, for those of you who may not know, uh, Island Park uh, was one of the hardest hit communities in 2012 by Superstorm Sandy. Um, your Barbara, your town was literally Inundated. underwater. Actually, they found afterward that, you know, those little geologic things that you sometimes find in the ground that they can use to measure. I was told, and I don't know this is really true, but I was told that the entire island actually moved from the pressure of the water. Um, Personally, we had um, 11, almost 12 feet of water in my house. We lost our cars. We lost our home. All the businesses Mm. were inundated. Everything was covered. The whole island was covered. The uh, surge came in at 17 and a half feet in Long Beach and just wiped everything out. So how has the community... And the business community recovered since 2012. Surprisingly, um, we're doing well. Actually, we just had our big annual dinner dance, and that's one of the things that I brought up. We do have zombie homes. We do have zombie businesses, but not as many as we had. Many people rebuilt or refurbished. Many businesses came back. We have some empty buildings, but not all that bad. We also have... Post Sandy, uh, John Vitale, who owned uh, Patty McGee's, he tore that down and built new apartments on the water. They're beautiful apartments. And they are being rented very quickly. They're almost all filled. And he's bringing 80, I believe it's 86 or 88, new apartment dwellers to the community. On Harbor Isle, there used to be an oil facility. That has long been torn down, and now they're cleaning up the brownfield, and that's going to be a big condo development. And then we have another owner who is talking about tearing down his bar restaurant also down near the water and building even more apartments. So we have an influx of customers, which for us is just wonderful, who don't know about Sandy and don't know about the devastation. In addition, East Rockaway just built... Uh, uh, a whole load of apartments and more are going up in the area. And those people also will come down to shop. And East Rockaway is just west of you? It's just, it's north of us. North of you. You can think of us as a sort of a peninsula between Oceanside Island Park and Long Beach. We're not really a peninsula. We're islands. But road-wise, if you just take Long Beach Road and Austin Boulevard, it's like a peninsula. Right. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Marshall, um, West Hempstead, often gets confused um, with its neighboring town of Hempstead Village. Uh, But you are very separate and distinct communities. Um, Tell us what's happening right now in the town of West Hempstead. Well, the town of West Hempstead, I mean, um, actually, the correct term would be Hamlet. We're not an incorporated village. We're similar in that respect to Franklin Square and Elmont. Um, A lot of development is occurring in Nassau County, which will impact us over the next few years, primarily when they redo more development at the hub, which of course is Nassau Coliseum. And that will impact the the entire length of Hempstead Turnpike through Hempstead, West Hempstead, Franklin Square, Elmont, 
of course, with the recent development that will be occurring at Belmont Park. So a lot of things happening with the county. Now, let me break it down a little more locally. West Hempstead has two main east-west thoroughfares. That would be Hempstead Avenue and Hempstead Turnpike. We have a main north-south route, which would be Nassau Boulevard, which then extends into Garden City South and then Garden City. So we're surrounded by Garden City, Lynbrook, and Malvern as well. Um, but we're facing challenges with businesses and um, a lot of empty spaces. And empty spaces are not good for anyone. So the more we can fill those spaces through our efforts and efforts of our local politicians, the better off we'll be. Now, in about a year or so, there will, there will be another apartment development very close by the West 130 development from a few years ago. So we'll have about another 150 apartment units coming to West Hempstead. What we need to make sure of is that those people coming to live in those places have some place to shop, get a cup of coffee, buy a shirt, um, get gasoline, things like that. Now, we did just have a brand new bowl of market open up, which is, which, is, which is a welcome addition. But nonetheless, we're facing challenges like everywhere else. The, 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 the businesses, of course, are struggling sometimes with the, with the rents that they have to pay. The rents, of course, are impacted by the taxes that the landlords have to pay. So in, it, it's, you know, it's a challenge. It's a challenge all the way around. Um, hmm. And as a result, I think that as the West Hempstead Chamber, as I believe other chambers, we need to get more involved with our local politicians and see what type of relief we can bring to the landlords so that people can actually occupy some of these empty spaces. You have a strong um, core group of chamber leaders that have been with you for a long time. And I think that that's a good thing because it keeps the chamber anchored. Your issue is going to be to grow the chamber beyond that. And we can talk about that in a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, Phil, now your chamber doesn't uh, represent a, a specific town, but more of a unique um, population of business owners on Long Island. That's correct. Um, can you tell us about the history of the Long Island African-American Chamber of Commerce? Yes. One of the things was unique about the chamber. Uh, when we founded it, we took the original geographic of Long Island. You know, much of Brooklyn, Queens and Long Island were connected at one time. And we uh, decided to use the original um, Long Island map. And How long, by the way, when, when are we going back now? What the What is the genesis of the... Uh, 2010. 2010. So 2010. We didn't want to disturb Long Island. You know, Long Island is a certain, you know, you work with his uh, existing politicians, existing agencies. So we knew that we didn't want to, um, we wanted to fit in. And, and I had a long history of uh, being a leader for some 25, 30 years, former 100 black men president. So we... Um, we serve both counties. We have a county director in Suffolk County, Nassau County, and then we work Queens County and, and Kings County. So we um, we were really well known, and we really we sat on both census uh, committees uh, this year for census twenty twenty count. So we and then um, we also eat breakfast with the both. We try to work with both of the county executives. So we are rich. We didn't want to disturb nothing. You know, Long Island, you got to keep it, you know, it's all relationship based in Long Island. Unlike the city, you know, um, you know, you just network and you got to get to know people on Long Island. So we really feel that we know the market uh, for many years on Long Island. And we just want to keep, we want to, um, to echo Marshall's point, we want to work with chambers like that. We want to bring a hundred people to a restaurant on Monday working together, all three of us. So I think um, 
what's changed on Long Island is that we know that we need to work together to uh, support the downtowns because uh, the rents is high. And they, uh, Monday night, we we could bring 100 people on a Monday night to a restaurant. We have that much people in our in our network. Barbara's got a couple of restaurant restaurants yeah. for you in Island Park. She'd like to bring you to. Yeah, I'm, stuff I'm like already that. yes. I'm thinking. <laughs> Wheels are spinning. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Marshall, Marshall. I'm sorry, uh, Phil. You sent me uh, an impressive bio. Yeah. Uh, for our listeners, can you tell us just a little bit about your background as well? Uh, my background um, in my 20s, I had like 10 stores, uh, so I'm very familiar with um, downtowns and building a store, putting the ceiling up, the floors. Uh, so I did that for a decade, and um, I was in the 100 Black Men uh, Board of Directors for some 20 years, So, and that's a power base. So I, what, I, what I did is um, basically um, being a business owner, I understand what business is. And um, what we do at the Chamber, we serve as a marketing function for businesses because no business is too known. You know, like these businesses they was talking about, we um, we need to work diversity in the communities because if we work together, like we all part of the Nassau Council Chambers and Suffolk County Chambers, but we don't go to businesses with all our members to uh, network together to keep them to survive. I think that's going to work. And then more people, they got to get in your business one time before they come right again, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think if the chambers work together, um, we will be able to have more impact. And I'm also the small business champion uh, for 14 counties in downstate New York this year, meaning that I, the work that I did this uh, during my term is so significant that the federal government uh, awarded me the most prestigious award in the country. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Do you know my buddy Lionel Chitty? Oh, yeah, that's my good friend, Hicksville. Hicksville Chamber he's, of Commerce. He's now got a new job. Uh, he's got a perfect job for you. Yeah, Minority Affairs. Yes, yes. 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 He, what, is he working for the county or for the state? Um, That's is for it? the county. That's an agency that was set up by the county. Yeah. 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 So that's uh, um, Lionel Chitty was a former president of the, for a long time, Hicksville oh, yeah. Chamber of Commerce, yeah. but recently in the last, what, six, eight months, he was he, he hired was everywhere. by the county. Yeah. He, he was a very good guy, too. He is a good man. So good. Um. Barbara, I want to touch on something with you. And if it's too sensitive, please let me know. But um, there was a time not too long ago when Island Park had two chambers running simultaneously. Yes. That appears to have resolved itself. Well, no. What happened is one of the chambers, some of the businesses moved away. um, So the people are no longer here. Um, One of the persons who was involved became ill And so it dissolved because of that, not because it was a resolution. You know, what they did, and I I do give them uh, kudos for this, they wanted to be, they called themselves the business and residential chamber so that homeowners, residents, apartment owners could be part of that chamber. And their main thrust was to bring new people into Island Park. And I I applaud them for that. And I was actually part of that and on their board as well. Um, What I've tried to do, my business is a home-based business. Uh, I have CompuSultants, which is a computer sales and consulting firm since 1989, which suffered mightily under Sandy as well, as almost everybody did. So we're now a home-based business where we go on site and we've opened the doors of the chamber to home-based businesses because there are many of them in Island Park and I would like to invite more. Um, We have affairs that we now invite the residents to come to, not just businesses. We want to introduce the residents to our businesses and vice versa. For example, 
When the new apartments opened, the Chamber of Commerce did welcome bags. You got a, a shopping bag because they're, you know, getting rid of plastic bags to shop with. So you got a shopping bag to go to the supermarket with, and inside was something from almost all the chamber members. Could be a flyer, a menu, a keychain, something to introduce you to the community. It was something new because these are the first new apartments in a long time. We got our first computer call in three days. It was so successful that one of the restaurant owners told me that he now wants to go to East Rockaway and other communities with our chamber bag and introduce those communities as well. And he wants to partner with me to do that. So, um, and that was Gary Steiner from Poncho's. So I want to thank him for, you know, supporting the chamber and looking forward to getting more business into the area. So we're back to one chamber. Yes. Correct. Yes. Uh, I did a little research before the show and I knew there were two for a while there, but yeah. it looks like those that may have been on the board for the other chamber have sort of gravitated back to you? Did I? The ones that are still around are uh, either members or uh, come to meetings. But like I said, a lot of them left. They they moved their businesses. Like the gentleman said, rents got out of hand, if you will, uh, maintaining and fixing a business, especially in our area. So it's FEMA compliant is very expensive. So some of the businesses just packed up and moved to the middle of the uh, island. Some of them just closed. It depends. So a lot less confusion these days in Island Park. Oh, yes. One chamber. Great. Okay. When we come back, we're going to play Genie in a Bottle with our guest here today. My name is Mark Snyder. You're listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Welcome back to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. My name is Mark Snyder, Chamber Chatter. It's a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders and has been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps, and by the MapTunes Shoppers Discount mobile app. Let me reintroduce my three guests today. Barbara Rubin Perry, president of the Island Park Chamber of Commerce. Marshall Myers, president of the West Hempstead Chamber, and Phil Andrews, president of the Long Island African-American Chamber of Commerce. So let's play genie in a bottle. This is always a lot of fun. So Marshall, you're walking along Halls Pond Park in West Hempstead, and you spot a bottle floating in the water. You carefully pluck it out. You open it up, and out pops a genie, offering you three wishes for the West Hempstead Chamber. What are they? My first wish would be to reach 100 members. That is our goal. Um, Why 100? It doesn't have any special significance other than the fact that with numbers comes strength, with strength comes voice, and with voice comes change. So 100 is a very symbolic number, agreed? Absolutely. Where are you at now? 38. 38. Phil, you want to loan a couple of your players over there? (laughs) Yeah, we got got a couple hundred. I know you do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's good. So that's that's an ambitious goal for uh, for 2020. Absolutely. Um, what else you got? The second thing I would wish is that every member be successful in their business. Um, it's a challenging retail environment. It's a challenging retail environment. But there are many instances of small businesses succeeding um, in spite of Amazon. And I love Amazon. 
But you can succeed in life today, even with the advent of the internet and a lot of online retailing, if you have a retail establishment, if, and I say if, you're willing to engage with the community and your customers face-to-face and voice-to-voice. Marshall, do you find that uh, you get um, businesses who join the chamber and then they drop out a year later and they say, I joined the chamber, but nothing happened? And um, as you inquire further, you find out that they, well, they never went to a meeting, they never got involved, but somehow they felt that the chamber would, you know, lead a path to their door. Do you have do you experience that or your business is pretty actively involved with the chamber? The short answer is yes. I, I will say to you that I became president in January of this year. And as I approached a lot of the people who were no longer members, that was the response I received. They would simply say, you know what? I was with the chamber for years, didn't get anything out of it. And of course, because I was kind of new to the position, I didn't really have the background of those members. Um, But look, it's like this. Um, You can't just simply write a check to a chamber of commerce, never come to a meeting, never get involved, never give us your energy and your ideas, and then expect things to change for your business. You don't have to come every month, but come, be involved. We need your energy. We need your ideas. We need your money as well. But the most important thing is your energy and your ideas to make this whole thing work for everyone. Right. Barbara, Phil, uh, any experience with that? Oh, oh, No, no, go right ahead. Well, one of the things, you know, being um, in organizations for a long time, I think we need to uh, orientate the members like what it is. And, you know, um, sometimes they come into something. Maybe they've never been part of a chamber of commerce. uh, But I've been hearing for 25, 30 years, we want your time, talent, and resources. And that's what it's, it's, you got to let them know there's some expectations too. We just don't want to take dues on the half of taking dues. Uh, So a lot of chambers today are now having orientation where they now spend the time to say, this is what it is. This is what it benefit. Let them know. Uh, And another thing, they love the network. Sometimes we get up in the front as a leader and we not letting them network and trade. So I think, um, we have to revisit uh, maybe some surveys could help um, because you re- you have to intake data to know. Because a friend of mine used to have a concept. He says selling is a way game. It happens in the mind of a prospect, not in your mind. And, Sell- can and, you repeat that? Selling? Sell- selling, is, selling is a way guy, uh, in a, is a way game. It happens in the mind of the prospect, not in our mind. So we have to look at um, our chamber members as customers. Barbara, any, any other thoughts on that? On that note, I was taught years ago by a very astute salesperson that no amount of advertising will get a guy in your door. They'll get you to the door. It's your salesman's job to get them in and get them to buy something. You won't buy a car because you heard an advertisement, but you might go and check it out. And at that point, your salesman has to do the sales. So it's the same thing with us. You're advertising. Everybody knows the chamber is out there. We are on social media. That is not true, by the way. Well, everybody does not know the chambers out there. They, I, I run into a lot of businesses in my line of work, which is advertising, don't. who have, don't have a clue. They think it's a bank. They've never heard of it. They, they don't know what it is. So We go door to door. 
That's I good. do go to my businesses door to door. Do. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We are on social media. We have a website. We send out letters. We send out, we blanket email. If you were ever a member or involved, you get an email from us no matter what. So, so even past members, you past keep, members, you keep them, probably you keep even the lines of communication ones open. who have passed away. They're probably still <laughs> getting emails. We blanket everybody. We, we really try hard. I have to give really kudos to our um, government leaders. The mayor has been fabulous. Uh, um, Mike McGinty has gone out of his way for us. He comes to our events. He supports the chamber. He's Great. a member of the chamber. So Love is to the hear village. That. The uh, um, Anthony Diasposito, our councilman, he's always there on our call. Denise Ford, our legislator, always there on our Missy comes down from Missy. Um, Miller comes down from Albany, comes to visit us. Supervisor of the town, Senator Todd Kaminsky, all the way up to to our Congress people and our senators. We have an open door, and they do support us, and they do come down, which is very unusual. And that's a big help because they will let us know if there's events that will help us, if there's money that will help us, if there's anything. And I think a lot of that had to do with the aftermath of Sandy. As far as sure. our chamber, I would like a lot more active Wait members. Wait a minute. I didn't call on you yet. Sorry. Mar- uh, Marshall still has <laughs> one more left. But okay. it sounds like, Marshall, you might want to huddle with Barbara. She's got some pretty good ideas it, for that growing sounds like the chamber. like a great idea, actually. Um, My third wish. Yeah. <laughs> My third wish is to establish a close relationship between the chamber and the community at large. Um. And we're, we're going to do that. That is our focus. That is our goal. Now, how are we going to do that? Well, one of the things that we've just established is a supporter uh, sponsorship. You can be anyone in the community, and for $50 for your family, you can be a supporter of the West Hempstead Chamber of Commerce. You don't have to be in business. You can just be a community member. But our real focus is to bring the community to the businesses. Now, how do you do that? We can't pack 18,000 people into a room and have them meet all the businesses. But we can do things like a business expo, which, which, which we did this year. People can come, bring their child, and their child can ask of the local businesses, hey, how do I become a plumber? How do I become a computer technologist, or, you know, a technician? How do I become a financial planner? But in addition to that, they're meeting local businesses face-to-face, and those people can tell their stories to the community at large. Of course, the other thing that, we're, that we would really like to do next year is taste of West Hempstead. A lot of communities on the island will have a restaurant week where they're featuring restaurants in their communities. And so many people don't know the amount of diversity we have in the restaurants in West Hempstead. Peruvian, Chinese, Italian, Greek, just to name a few. And there are many others. And um, we want... Salvadoran. Absolutely. I've eaten at the Salvador restaurant on uh, Hempstead Turnpike. Absolutely. And it's all great stuff. A lot of people aren't aware of that. And so if we can establish a taste of West Hempstead next year, you know, when the weather is good, uh, of course, um, and introduce people to the amount of variety that we have in our community, as many communities across Long Island have, not only is it great for the community, but it's great for those businesses as well. I want to make a quick suggestion to you, and then we're going to get to Barbara and Phil's um, lantern. Um, We had a representative from the Rockville Center Chamber of Commerce here uh, early in the year, and um, he was saying that they got the local PTA involved with their chamber. 
so much that the president, and I don't remember from which school, uh, became a board member and a very active one. And what they started to do was partner with the PTAs and they started, I think it's like a Wednesday is Rockville Center School District Day. And if you shop at any one of the restaurants or I'm sorry, if you shop at any one of the businesses or dine at any of the restaurants in Rockville Center, there is a discount for the local residents um, and they do it. I think it's every Wednesday and Wednesday is Rockville Center School District Day. Um, So food for thought that you may want to reach out to high school or I'm not sure what school they got involved with, but they have a woman on the PTA who's an active board member and she's great idea. Yeah. Constantly going back to the PTA with new ideas and initiatives from the chamber. So anyway, Barbara, um, let me first say something. It's interesting that you say that because we are a member of our PTA and we do work with them, but I was told that the PTA is not allowed to be a member of the chamber. Don't tell Rockville Center that. <laughs> so I'm I'm going to have to check into this. This is interesting. Yeah. I'm going to have to see what they I can did. give you a contact for that. Um, so you're strolling along barefoot at, is it Masoni Beach or Mason? Masone. Masone Beach. All right. And you see a magic lantern in the sand. You pick it up and you're granted three wishes for Island Park. What are they? Okay. The first wish is it's wintertime. I wish it was summer. I'd be in the water. <laughs> um, more active members. Not only more members, but more active members. I would open the door to anyone who wants to come in and be active. I think what people don't understand, and I'm sure I'm going to hear about this, the chamber isn't going to help you. You need to help the chamber. It's your business. If you want people to know about it, come to a chamber meeting, hand out cards, bring flyers, you know, give out information. Sounds like President Kennedy when he said, ask not what your country can do for you. Because what what are we going to do? I'm going to bring the chamber to an an event you have. We're going to sit and take pictures. Uh, They may or may not shop. That's nice. So you get to meet the chamber members. Come to a chamber meeting, meet everybody. Uh, when we advertise, like in the paper, when we put our business, we put your business card in there so that everybody gets it. When we send our mailings out, and we do send mailings to all of 11558, we do that every once in a while. So everybody gets a mailing from us in the uh, um, uh, zip code. Make sure you're in that. It's We try very hard to get that information out to everybody. My second wish has to do with rebuilding post-Sandy. There are FEMA rules and regulations. There are permits that we need from the town and the village. Any expediting of any of that would help a lot. Uh, FEMA is changing their maps again, which means that the costs will be changing again. Um, like I said, our, our politicians have been very, very helpful in this. But still, uh, you've been reading in the paper about the town of Hempstead and the problems they've had with permits and how many houses and indeed buildings have to be rebuilt or redone or lifted, et cetera, et cetera. So I would like to get that straight and I would like to get that behind us. Uh, the third thing is we have empty buildings, some of them since Sandy. Wow. That people have not moved into or cleaned up or anything. And we would like to attract more business to come in. 
we have openings and we have new tenants moving in, a lot of them. So you will have customers ready-made in Island Park. And we have openings for businesses. We have office space. We have store space. We would love to have you come in. So if you're looking to locate out there, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) please consider Island Park. We're a growing community. Thank you, Barbara. Okay, Phil. So as you're walking out of the studio, you trip over a bottle and you turn around, you look back and see what you've tripped over. And it was a magic, you know, one of those genie in a bottle type things. And uh, you open it up and three granted three wishes. What what do you want for the uh, African-American Chamber of Commerce? Well, one of the things I would like is uh, businesses um, to tell us what they need help in. You know, um, I think that's one of the core things. Um, you know, a lot of businesses need technical uh, advice. And then I set the set, uh, I'll say that one. And then the other thing I would like to say is that uh, some businesses are so busy trying to struggle and make it, that's why they can't come to meetings. I'd like to find a way to get them out to the businesses so we can help them. You know, because, um, uh, you know, a business is doing it and doing it and doing it. And a lot of times the owner is so trying to make the rent that they can't come to the chamber for help. I think yeah, and I think that that's a common problem with all chambers. There are exceptions, but it's it's tough to drag people out to meetings. I mean, everybody's mm-hmm. everybody's busy. Mm-hmm. But you got to make it a priority too, right? So you have a third wish for us? Um, the third wish is... Um, to um for businesses to like um I would echo the island park is that if you got to show up if you show up and uh you show up and we can listen to you um we need to hear your needs sometime um, maybe we need some hearing session listening sessions with our businesses and we used to do uh, years ago brainstorming sessions around a business and pick a business out and have a team help them and give them some innovative ideas how they can solve their problems so we definitely need to um Look at that because a lot of businesses are operating, you know, they may be sole, sole proprietorship, two people, so they don't have the different competencies. They may need PR. They may need human resources. So I think we have to find a way um, and possibly a conference. A conference could, um, a day's conference could maybe have their performance go up in business. Where do you meet? Um, we generally meet uh, Freeport, but we like to move around because sometimes we want to um, like go to that local business that restaurant, uh, go to a, you know, a venue, you know, um, we've um, even did an event that, um, the, uh, we got some unique venues. We did the museum in Roslyn. We had an art event there. We did an expo at Nassau community college. And, uh, like they said, um, one of the things that we did was unique at Nassau community college. Not only did we do an expo, but we left there with an endowment at the institution, you know, so mm-hmm. we, we invest in Long Island because mm-hmm. when you invest you know, you can always kind of like you have more connections if you invest. So we like we like to move around and uh, we've done some partnerships. Um, I was just mentioning earlier, we did the first ever regional chamber leadership development. To me, you want to have strong businesses, make strong chamber of commerce. I think if we become stronger, the businesses could become stronger. Mm. So you meet in, in Freeport, which is um, Nassau County, South Shore. Do you have difficulty drawing some of your members from, say, coming from Suffolk County, maybe up on the north end of the island? Uh, is it is it difficult to get people to come that far? Not not necessarily, but we um we are conscious that um 
we need to get to Suffolk. Like our last meeting was the Suffolk County Executive Building, Denison Building, and we brought uh, the Deputy County Executive to talk about census. So we know, you know, it, you know, it's not fair to have them coming from the town of Brookhaven to Freeport all the time. So we got to kind of like make it a part of our business plan to uh, outreach to Suffolk County more. So that's part of our strategy. How many members do you have, by the way? About 300. 300? Yes. It's a nice-sized chamber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, folks, when we come back, we're going to play Ask a President, and that's where I'll stop asking the questions, and I'm going to let each one of you take the mic. Barbara's champing at the bit for that opportunity. You're listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. I'm Mark Snyder. Welcome back to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders and has been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps. The three business leaders with me today, Phil Andrews, president of the Long Island African-American Chamber of Commerce, Barbara Rubin Perry, president of the Island Park Chamber, and Marshall Myers, president of the West Hempstead Chamber of Commerce. Welcome back. So before we get to Ask a President, which is always an interesting segment, uh, Marshall, uh, for the benefit of our listeners, you're a new president, right? You just started, this is your first year? Yes. Okay. Can you walk us through your rise to the presidency from the beginning, like first learning about a chamber and then the the process? Um, now, Barbara, and I was going to ask you, but you've been president for I think 10 years now, at least. I right? was president for 11. I left and three other people were president and then I'm back. You came back. Okay. And um, I think 13, 13 years, right. Okay. 13, 2013. So, oh, 2013. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. the reason I asked Marshall is Marshall, uh, I'm just curious about the ascension to uh, president of the West Hempstead Chamber. How did it, how did they get started for you? Well, as a bit of background, I mean, I, I was a member of the, of the West Hempstead Civic Association for, for many years, working with Rosalie Norton on civic matters. Um, and of course, our focus at that time was the was the removal of the famous courtesy hotel, so that we could have an apartment complex built. But then I realized, as as I you know, as my uh, career in real estate kept getting you know bigger and bigger and bigger, especially since my wife is my partner, I thought that I would focus on business and networking and things of that nature. So I decided to become more involved with the chamber of commerce, and so I did join. Just was a regular member for the longest while, and and then of course was asked to be part of the board, um, which I did for a couple of years. And um, last year, um, our president was was forced to move on just because of a you know a career change with with her employer and so forth. And it was um, you know it wasn't something that I campaigned for. It was uh, it was something that was kind of offered to me, and I accepted. And here I am today. I have a tremendous amount of respect for the presidents of the Chambers of Commerce. I've worked with many of them. Um, tell our listeners, what are some of the responsibilities of being president? I know sometimes it can be a thankless job and, a, and it requires a Herculean effort to pull off sometimes. Um, tell me what responsibilities uh, fall into your lap. You're trying to keep it all together. And, and the most important thing that you have to establish is a good communication network with emails and, and social media and things of that type with the current members, but not just the current members, the community at large, which is one of the reasons I'm here today, because I feel that any time that I can get a mention of the West Hampton Chamber of Commerce, it's good for our organization. Um, but in addition to that, and Barbara mentioned this earlier, 
you know, I find it very important to actually hit the street. Now, I don't have a whole lot of time to do that, but I do. I have done trips up and down Hempstead Turnpike and Hempstead Avenue, physically walking into the businesses that are there. As a matter of fact, one day, and I know it, this number sticks on my head, I hit 88 businesses in one day. Took you did? About, I did. I'd took like me, to hire you. Took, <laughs> took me about three and a half hours, but I, but I did it. And um, once again, it's because I believe that business today still needs to be face-to-face, voice-to-voice. And so I, I did that, and I'll be doing that again very soon. Barbara, anything you want to add to that? Uh, one of the things that was brought up was we have our board meetings, I try to have them at least, in different restaurants so that we spread the business around. We have our regular meetings at Poncho's every month, but I try to spread it around. I also, for example, I just worked with both the Long Beach and the Island Park Theater groups. They both had plays. I brought them to Lambrows to have their events Uh, We had our event at the Bridgeview Yacht Club, uh, which is a fabulous venue. So I try to bring business to business. Uh, We're going to have our joint meeting. I want to put it together at a new restaurant there at EGP Land and Sea. They've been very good to us and opened their doors when we needed a place during some bad weather. Um, Again, so I try to spread it around. I want people to know that we're there, but we also want to be there for their businesses. Do you know what I'm I'm trying to say? Yes. So... um, I, I I know that some of them are struggling. Uh, I'm going around trying to give them publicity, uh, uh, put them in. For example, the theaters had playbills. I'm trying to get their ads in the playbills, spread the word, look for donations that we can put their name out there. It's all advertising in one form or another. It's all publicity. But the more of that I can do for the local business, the better it is. So they're not just doing it by themselves. I mean, there's only so much reach and uh, a radio salesperson will tell you it's reach and frequency. <laughs> you want a lot of that's why you hear Bob's over and over and over. Reach and frequency. So I'm trying to get the reach out there, and I try to hit them in as many different ways as I can. So you hear who our members are, even non-members. You hear who they are. You know their doors are open. You know where they're located. Come and shop Island Park. Phil, you're overseeing a chamber of 300 plus members. How much responsibility is that? Well, I got a quote that I'll give you for that one. Uh, Uneasy is the head that wears the crown. Um, You know, I've been uh, trained in leadership uh, for many years by Tuskegee Airmen, Brigadier Generals. And my job as the leader is to listen to uh, 100% of the membership. And it's also to uh, develop and um, bring up leaders around me. So a lot of times, you know, people come in, they... You have to talk to them a while. You have to train them while you talk on the phone. You know, sometimes they feel like we had members that said, hey, I came from this area. I'm not good over here. Well, we have to work with people. And uh, you'd be surprised who could become a leader. Uh, But it takes teamwork to make the dream work. I've heard that before. Yes. But it's true. And you also have to cultivate succession. That's true. You have to have a succession plan. And one of the things, um, you know, um, you have to grow the membership because sometimes you need to grow the membership to get the right pick. It's right. So uh, it takes time to get the right leaders. And some people um, naturally are leaders when they come in. They just got that initiative. They got that, you know, they're responsible. But I think uh, one of the things that we look at, too, is uh, we try to bring systems in anywhere we can use technology, anywhere we can make something better. You know, because sometimes uh, when I was in business, I got the idea of 
you know, I had a lighter sign. You know, my employees would never cut off the sign, right? And, you know, it cost me money when the electricity running, but I put a time on there where it came up in the wintertime a certain time and in the summertime it went down. So I think technology, I think we also need to use technology as a, a resource and look at areas where that could supplement the labor. Because uh, even board meetings, right? You know, I, I say, like, I'd rather not bring, if people can get on the phone for board meetings, and they don't have to use their gas to come to the meeting. They can write a, ticket, a check to the chamber. So I kind of look at the chamber in a, in a lot of different ways today, uh, especially in the event of technology. And we live in the modern age. Okay. Prior to coming on the air, I asked our three guests uh, to think of a question they may want to ask one or both of, their, um, of the other members here in the studio. We call it Ask a President. And uh, Phil, I'm going to come back to you. Do you have a question for one or both of the uh, chamber presidents here this morning? Well, I'm going to ask uh, Marshall, uh, what was your most uh, uh, memorable moment since you've been president? Oh, my goodness. The most memorable moment, I guess, would be um, actually starting an event that actually, which was the Business Expo, which we did at the uh, West Hempstead Fire Hall, which actually wasn't all that successful. However... It was attended by seven of our local businesses, and we did have some members of the community come from. And when people asked me how the event was, I said, well, it's a B. And they said, what do you mean? It's either a bust or it's a beginning. And in my mind, it's a beginning. Okay, great. Maybe with some collaboration, we're going to um, boost that thing up. We'll work, <laughs> we'll, we'll work together. Absolutely. We'll work together. Absolutely. Barbara, got a question for your uh other two guests here? Yeah, uh, I'm interested in finding out how we can get some of, if not all of, your members to come down to Island Park, check us out, take a look, okay, um, and maybe have a joint meeting or some information passed back and forth. Well, that's simply a ask. <laughs> I'm asking. Because <laughs> um, one of the things that we do, you know, um, and, and prior to my last position um, as 100 Black Men, I had full meetings uh, my whole four terms. And much of it was collaboration. Uh, mm -hmm. One of my friends says, um, you, you, what you first need to ask, who you need to partner with. And that's the question. If you answer that, things just take a life of its own when we work together. Because we got lists. We, and it's not um, one of the things that I believe that when the chambers work together, it's not taking anything away. Because, you know, if the members, if you get like 20 members, the same members every time, it's nobody else trading. So we need to kind of mix it up. So business, we're trying to grow businesses. Mm -hmm. So we need to find a way to extend um, the ability for uh, people to do business with each other. So I think collaboration is a, a big part of that. Marshall, your turn. Question for one of our guests or both. Well, the, before I ask the question, I just want to just make a make a statement in, in, in this in this regard is that uh, the West Hempstead Chamber for the last several years has held a multi-chamber event where we've had about five or six different chambers of commerce just all get together. But I, I am seeing now that perhaps we need to expand that a bit and not just make it geographical, but more like, in other words, like, for example, um, Barbara would a multi-chamber event where you could come be with West Hempstead, Hempstead, um, Phil Andrews Group, um, Franklin Square, Elmont, Malvern, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Would that be helpful to your organization? Because of I course. think there's a lot of likeness there. A lot well, of like One of the ideas. things, as you know, is that uh, our students used to go to West Hempstead. So many of them and their parents are familiar with your community. So we certainly have a lot in common. And I think a collaboration would be a wonderful thing. I think that'd be great. And Phil, um, I think I'm going to open up a restaurant just so you can just have your membership come <laughs> once a week. I'd be very successful. But Phil, how did Phil? What, what do you think was the main um, 
what was the main method that you used to, to build your membership to, to the numbers that you have now? Well, one of the things that I do is um, I really listen to my members. Um, I had a member, I'll give you an example of uh, some of the situations. We had a member that uh, had published 12 books and uh, she couldn't sell 100 of them. But in my past life, I did PR for authors. I was able to call one company. Now she's going to be selling 100,000 of her books. So I think if we really look at um, our businesses and say, well, what, it, what do they need? How can we help them? Um, I was at a gala. I got on it um, when um, Martin Luther King's son came. I was sitting next to the superintendent. She said she needed a business, a particular industry, and I said I could supply it. It ended up with a $30,000 contract. So I think one of the things that we have to do is we have to train our chamber members to kind of like look for opportunities for each other. I mean, because the bottom line is if I'm not creating any success in the chamber, then the chambers are not working, right? If nobody's making any money, nobody's creating success. But I think um, to your point, we need to map out, not just do a five-chamber event, we need to go deeper in the planning process. Let us all be a part of the planning process because we know, like, all right, how much room we got for people to come there. What did you do uh, when we need you to send out the emails? Because we do something. You assume that everybody did their part. We can't do that. But if we get down in the planning table, we could make more success of what we're doing. Yeah. So I have a question. What is the difference between what you do and the Nassau Council of Chambers? And we're all members, I believe, of yes, the Nassau yes. Council of Chambers. Well, one of the things I think deeply, it really goes down to um, um, being a small business owner. I really understand the mind of a business owner. And it's really driving business. I mean, some chamber, like the, the, the chamber, some chambers could see as a lobbyist, but I'm really just a core looking at the businesses and saying, you know, how do you need help? You know, getting those 80 people in the room every month where they know that, hey, I got somebody else I could do business with. So I think the chamber, we have to drive that. I, I look at the chamber as a, you have to drive the chamber like you drive a business. And that's what we got to do. But working together, like I like to do one of those best practices again. Mm -hmm. Why can't we have another best practices? Well, you could learn off my strength. I can learn off your strength. Then we all become better. So I think that's one of the things that we need to do is uh, chamber development. Hmm. Okay. So as we enter the final month of 2019, we're entering, entering the 20s now. The 20s. We're getting into the roaring 20s. Um, I'm sure you all have plans for your chamber. Um, Phil, I'll start with you. You seem like an ambitious guy. What's on the plate for 2020 for the uh, African-American chamber? Well, one of the things we just partnered with um, another nonprofit and we put in um, a grant um, for Empire State Development to help um, 15 to 20 businesses that's making 100000 to get them to the next level. Because we wanted to, you know, so many uh, businesses need technical assistance because some businesses really don't know what they need. So we want to be that organization when they, where they could sit down with us and they say they got a problem and we can help them solve their problem. But we can't get them to the table. We can't help them. Barbara Island Park always has a lot on its plate. What are you uh, looking at for 2020? Shop local. Shop Island Park. Uh, we have wonderful businesses that will help you for the holiday season. Um, I'll give you an example. Hope's Land of Candy. They they carry everything from old penny candies that your grandmother remembers as a child, 
some of my favorites. They have ice cream. They have maltings. It's a wonderful, wonderful store. Uh, they can do your, your Christmas baskets. They can do your holiday baskets, and they ship. We have Pops uh, Wines and Liquors. They ship all over the country. We have uh, Florist, Doris the Florist, and A&T. They will send flowers and, and plants out for you. We have a lot of businesses that would be more than happy to fill all of your holiday needs, and we have a lot of restaurants that would love to host your party. If you want, call me, get in touch with the Chamber of Commerce. I'll give you a tour. I'll walk around with you and say, here's what we have. Here's who our businesses are. Come and support us. You know, I always say that um, people um, complain when a business goes out. Oh, that cute little restaurant closed or that little boutique shop, whatever happened to it. But I don't believe that the residents really equate how they spend their money with the condition of their downtown. And that is a message that the chamber needs to continue to drive home. With that in mind, um, Marshall, I don't doubt the West Hempstead Chamber has plans for 2020. What are you working on? We absolutely do. And once again, keeping with our focus of bringing the community to the businesses locally, we want to have a very successful multi-chamber event. We want to have another business expo next year. We would really love to have the Taste of West Hempstead We'd also like to have a great fashion week where we could offer, you know, where people could come and take advantage of the nail salons, the beauty salons, the clothing stores and so forth. And then, of course, we would love to have another successful street fair. Once again, all designed to bring the community to the businesses people. So your real big issue and challenge for 2020 is to boost your membership. Absolutely. With 38 members and all those great ideas and initiatives, it's tough to pull off. Force of will. (laughs) Force of will. Force of will. So special thanks to my three guests today. Barbara Rubin Perry, president of the Island Park Chamber of Commerce. Nice to see you again, Barbara. Um, Marshall Myers, president of the West Hempstead Chamber of Commerce. And good luck to you in 2020. And of course, Phil Andrews, thank you for joining us today, president of the Long Island African-American Chamber of Commerce. Can I give you a quick plug, MapTunes? People still have your maps up from when you were in Island Park. They still do, and I still have mine. It's a wonderful service. Thank you very much for what you do. I don't know if the listeners know, but uh, since we're running out of time, we'll talk about it next time. You've been listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter has been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps, and by the MapTunes Shoppers Discount Card. For over 4,000 discounts island-wide, Visit shoppersdiscountcard.com and now available for the first time in the App Store and Google Play, the Maptoon Shoppers Discount mobile app. Chamber Chatter is also available as a podcast. Visit wcwp.org forward slash chamber chatter. Special thanks to my superstar engineer, Ryan Collins, who does everything imaginable to keep this program on the air. And up next, Project Independence and You. My name is Mark Snyder. This is our one year anniversary of Chamber Chatter. Thanks for listening.